Coming up in this episode of Real American Heroes, award-winning investigative journalist Cheryl Atkinson on where to find the truth about COVID-19. Welcome to another Real American Heroes Coronavirus Special Edition. I'm Oliver North, and our guest today is Cheryl Atkinson, the host of Sunday's news program, Full Measure, a five-time Emmy Award winner and recipient of the prestigious Edward R. Murrow Award. For 30 years, Cheryl was a correspondent and anchor at CBS News, PBS, and CNN. Cheryl, give us a sense for your show, Full Measure. I understand it's broadcast in over 79 markets throughout the U.S., Yes, you know, um, what I try to do is off narrative news, like I used to do at CBS and CNN without the spin, on topics and views that are underreported, which is so much today because I argue the news landscape is so managed. We no longer hear a variety of news, uh, just general news. We hear only about certain political things. And we no longer hear a variety of opinions and facts that we used to have. So that's what I try to do. It's basic reporting and investigative reporting that I just don't think we see enough of, but people really find valuable in their daily lives. Obviously, our daily lives are completely consumed by the coronavirus. Give me a sense for what you think about the major news outlets and the reporting on the COVID virus. Well, the, the first thing that struck me when this began was there wasn't the normal sort of curiosity and oversight, I think, that we and the press should have been doing. For example, at the White House press briefings where I, I don't attend, I don't have a pass, I don't do the daily news coverage, but I would have asked off the top before they were showing us any modeling, where did the modeling come from? Isn't there a range rather than just a worst case scenario of two to five million deaths, for example? And doesn't the CDC with the billions that we've spent preparing for pandemics, don't they have their own experts that can do modeling? Shouldn't they have their own experts to also provide you know, modeling and facts so we're not relying on this you know, these models we don't know much about. And without getting the models or seeing them ourselves, we didn't have the chance to look at them or have independent people look at them and see what I think has been widely recognized after the fact that they were just, you know, very wrong. And the media didn't put into context, I wrote on this in March, the fatality rates were incorrect that were being put out by public health figures because they used the wrong denominator, they didn't count all the asymptomatic people, but nobody seem to bring that up or recognize that. You know, certain things are questioned to the nth degree, and then other things are never questioned, and you're just not giving a broad sense of what's really going on. And then, number two, one thing that struck me is the press, and this is a symptom not just with coronavirus, acts as if they firsthand have knowledge. For example, they will say, this, this didn't start in a lab. Well, you can report as a journalist that certain experts say it didn't start in a lab, but Journalists today go a step further and they just make that declaration. It didn't start in a lab as if they've done the firsthand research. They say hydroxychloroquine is a dangerous drug. Instead of saying certain scientists or studies say X about it, they get very vested, they get very personal, they get very angry, and it starts to feel a lot more like propaganda. Well, you know, on that particular issue, since I spent 13 months, my first tour overseas in the Western Pacific, then another one later, a few years later, in Vietnam, we took hydrochloroquine every single day for 395 days because we were over there for 13 months. Nobody, by the way, told us that we had to keep taking it after we got home for six weeks because you still got the parasite that's trying to make its way through your body called uh, malaria. I, I look at the kind of reporting that I just, you know, I listen to the same news you do, right? 
And, and of course, the reporting today is all about what the president said yesterday about the fact that he's taking it, and it's a dangerous thing. Well, hell, it wasn't so dangerous for all those Marines that I served with over there. I look at that kind of comment, not just on the mainstream media, but it's also in media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the social media. I, I guess the question I've got is, where are we headed in terms of acquiring information that's important to us? Do we go to mainstream media? Do we use computers? How do we find out what's going on? Well, it's very difficult, and I've written a lot about that. We're at a place where it's almost impossible to get an untainted and just factual view of the news and what's happening. With hydroxychloroquine, I mean, people can use their common sense and think, okay, it's safe for lupus and it's safe for malaria, but suddenly becomes extremely fatal when it knows you're using it for coronavirus. Obviously, people know that doesn't make sense, but that's what they're seeing on the news. And then the news reporters are just kind of carrying the line in many instances instead of thinking logically and getting a variety of opinions about this medicine. When I was a newspaper columnist, and I did that for 17 years, when I was a broadcaster on television, I had editors, I had fact checkers, I had, you know, when we were doing documentaries, I did 102 hours of war stories and, or, and the combat reporting, all of that was going through at least a system, whether people agree with fair and balanced or not, but it was a system People were checking the facts. And, and now I see that, you know, if I put something up on Facebook, we have, what, 500 and some odd thousand folks following this broadcast up on Facebook. And if there's a fact that's wrong, they will take it down. And sometimes they'll come back to you and say, we shouldn't have taken that down. Who, who are these people that are fact checkers? Well, this is a very dangerous time. And this started around 2016. Media Matters, the propaganda group that works for certain pharmaceutical and political interests, takes credit for introducing this notion of, I call fake fact checking in Facebook and social media, which is really an effort to just silence certain voices that are contrary to their funders and their interests. And so you have this managed news landscape, not only is the news managed because it's been co-opted and taken over by these same interests, but when you get on social media, you can't even have a free flow of information. I'm afraid in 10 years, we're gonna not even hardly remember a time when you could find almost anything on the web because it's gonna be so carefully controlled. And you know, Facebook uses to pull off a documentary that Epic Times made about the Wuhan lab, purely factual, didn't draw any conclusions. They fake fact checked it because all of us who shared it were then flagged as a violator and fake fact sharers or fake, you know, fake news sharers. We we're told all our followers were told we share fake news. And when I dug into it, because there was nothing fake about the documentary, nothing untrue. Facebook had allowed a Wuhan scientist to fact check and take down and censor this documentary about the Wuhan lab. And you only find that out if you dig enough. You can't appeal to anybody. We did expose it, I wrote about it, and so there was some modification of that. But day to day, these social media companies are carrying the water of certain interests, allowing vested and conflicted interest to fake fact check information to pull it off off the web information that is perfectly true or sometimes is a matter of opinion which should be allowed in a free society or is a matter that is not known you know is a matter of evolving science and evolving information but they just pull it down because they want you to stay stuck in whatever the narrative is about something they don't want you to learn other information they don't want you to see anything but that which they want you to see. So where should we go? Where, what, what's a, a reliable, I'll use the words at Fox, fair and balanced. Where do we go to get reliable information, particularly about something like COVID-19? 
Well, I think everybody's looking for a place like that. And I'm not sure we have what people do now is hunt and peck information gathering, meaning they don't watch a whole hour of news in most instances anymore. They don't read a newspaper from cover to cover or even on the website. They find reporters they trust on certain topics and they poke around. And that's about the best you can do right now. But I also, this doesn't necessarily help much in this case. I go to C-SPAN right now all the time because I want to watch an unfiltered event, you know, a news conference or a hearing. And almost every time I do that, I have a different interpretation than the one that was fed to me on the news, which is pretty scary. I will also say for hydroxychloroquine, you know, I, I only cover so much on my program, but if you go to fullmeasure.news, you can see the replay of that story that maybe the only one widely distributed that talks about what you'd call the other side that had scientists who very much believe this drug is not being, should not be left behind. It's being studied in many institutions and by the National Institutes of Health right now as a possible preventive even, which could be huge if it works as a preventive. And nobody's saying, and I'm certainly not saying, I know the answer as to whether it works or other drugs work better or some combination thereof, but can we not at least have the information to consider rather than journalists who, who don't know about it declaring off the top that this drug is dangerous and shouldn't be used. It's just a, it's a dangerous time in terms of information. And I don't have a good answer as to one place you can go to get all of your unfettered facts and information. Michelle, I've got, I've got 18 grandkids. At some point, I'll have some great grandkids. Wow. 50 years from now, when you're still around, I'll be gone. But what do you want my great grandkids to know about what you did in this extraordinary time in history? Well, I don't know where we will be. We will either be in a totally managed information landscape, even worse than today, or something will give and we will be back closer to where I think we were when the internet started, where most information was at our fingertips without as much manipulation. I, I'd like to think it's the latter. And if anybody ever looks back at my career in writings and says I played any small role in kind of exposing the need for that, I would love to be remembered that way or to have some of my work remembered in that way. Terrific answer. Thank you, Cheryl, for joining us today. Thank you. And providing facts that our fellow Americans can use in these challenging times. Until then, we're gonna continue documenting the history of this never before crisis with these special coronavirus episodes. If this Real American Hero special broadcast has been informative, helpful, or encouraging, take time now to subscribe and let me know how these unprecedented events have affected you and yours. By doing so, you too, they become part of this critical historical record of how America persevered and once again prospered. Until next time, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for U.S. Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now, America, press on, press on. <laughs>